Hello, everybody, and welcome to In-Depth, presented by the San Antonio Express News. My name is Luis Vasquez, and I'll be your host as we bring in journalists, editorial board members, and columnists to give us an inside perspective into the stories they bring to the Express News each week. Today, I'm joined by editorial page editor Josh Brodesky, Brandon Lingle, and Nancy Prayer-Johnson. We have a ton to talk about, so I'm going to go ahead and start with you, Josh. We're talking about the Voter's Guide today. What can you tell me about it? Right. So the the Voter's Guide is a resource for our readers to um, learn more about candidates. Uh, The selection, um, I think it should be really clear that the Voter's Guide has really two parts. There there are the candidate summaries done by news reporters that are objective and and just provide basic details on, on candidates. And then, uh, of course, there are also the recommendations that come from the Express News editorial board. Those are opinion pieces, uh, so those are different. Uh, the editorial board is separate from news reporters. For those who are listening, um, you know, we're opinion journalists. We're not part of the, the, the newsroom. So those are our recommendations uh, in terms of our meetings with candidates. Um, in most cases, in some cases, uh, candidates didn't meet with us, but we're still familiar with their records. So those are our recommendations to to voters in terms of who we think um, they should consider. I'm glad you brought up that really important point. It's something I've discussed with Brandon in the past that I wasn't fully aware of how strict the separation between the newsroom and the editorial page was. And that's something that was really fascinating to me when, when I first found out about it. Yeah, we are. We we are. Uh, you know, I, I try to make that point in all my public comments to to people because I think we live in a time where there's a lot of confusion around what's an opinion piece, what's a news story, and you know, the truth is, we are. For those who are listening, we we really are separate. Um, you know, we don't know what stories the news team is working on. Um, we're not involved in in news coverage, but our jobs are really to um, synthesize the news and and think about it and and think of the um, policy impacts and, and come to conclusions. So we, we very much uh, have a role in, in the news process, but we are our own little space within the, uh, the, the broader San Antonio Express news. Yeah. And now getting back to the voter's guide, I knew from talking to Carrie that this was a massive undertaking for you. Uh, hundreds of interviews, uh, hours and hours of work, how did you guys get together and organize yourselves to tackle a project this big? Sure. Um, I guess I'll take this one also. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the editorial board uh, consists of uh, myself, Nancy Prayer Johnson, who's our associate editorial page editor, and Brandon Lingle, uh, who's an editorial writer and columnist. Uh, so they're all on, on, this, uh, on this podcast today. And then uh, we have a fourth member, Carrie Clack, who's an editorial writer and columnist who's not here today. So, um, you know, that, that is the board. We, we report to our publisher, Mark Medici. Uh, so he's not really involved in day-to-day operations of the board, but um, we do uh, discuss our opinions and conclusions with him uh, at various times. Um, in terms of dividing up the work, um, nothing really too scientific about it. There are a lot of races, um, a lot of candidates. And so um, I just, you know, I kind of went through the ballot and just divvied up the races to um, each member, we all had quite a few, and um, and from there we set up meetings with the candidates, and we did a lot of meetings uh, with those with those candidates. Do you want to talk a little bit, uh, Josh, about sort of the process of of how we brought in 
all the folks and, and met with yeah, them as a group. I can do that. So um, Brandon brought up a good point about the the process of of how we meet with these candidates. So what what we would do is we'd uh, extend uh, meeting invites. We met with almost every candidate over Zoom. Uh, we had one exception with Beto O'Rourke, whose team really wanted to meet with us in person. So uh, we did do that at KLRN. Although in that case, Nancy and I had to Zoom in anyway because of possible COVID exposures. But that was our one in-person meeting. Uh, so we had these meetings over Zoom, um, and we tried to ask candidates in both major parties uh, pretty much the same questions. Um, we tailor the questions specific to the office, of course. And, you know, from it's not really... I think it's really important to understand we're not debating the issues with these candidates. A lot of times, you know, we would hear from candidates that we actually disagreed with on policy, but we're really just trying to understand their vantage point and understand, you know, gauge their understanding of policy and their ideas and, you know, see how they relate to each other and treat each other. Um, so it's, it's much more of like a roundtable discussion. And then from there, we'll do background research on candidates. Uh, we might call sources. Uh, we'll look at social media feeds. Um, and we'll try to try to come to the best conclusion that we can. So that's that's pretty much the the process that we go through. And next, I wanted to ask Nancy, your expertise is more in education, and I know you handled a lot of the the recommendations for the State Board of Education. What can you tell me about those interviews and what you found? Yeah, sure. Um, so for the State Board of Education, we had to look at the the way that the maps were redistricted to see uh, which ones we were going to cover. We basically decided to cover, of course, all the ones that included the San Antonio area and reached out to all of those, uh, all of the candidates. Uh, some of them we did not hear back from, and we try a number of ways to reach out. And this is for all the candidates, but we reach out via email, social media. Uh, we look on the on the website and see, you know, is there a phone number listed? Is there an email listed? And we really do a lot to just to try to reach them in the first place. The State Board of Education was it was a little difficult to talk to all the candidates uh, and just get a hold of them. And at one point, I mean, there are some candidates that are eager to meet with us, but there are some that that you know, put it off or don't want to meet with us and make that pretty clear or just kind of ignore us. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think it comes down and it's a shame because it comes down to politics. Right. And so if they see, well, you know, the Express News, uh, we may not want to speak with them because we don't think we're going to get their recommendation anyway, then they'll probably decide not to speak to us. But we really do try to weigh, and we do, we weigh um, all parties, you know, we weigh um, the issues, we focus on the um, on the qualifications and um, their history. We do a thorough background check as much as we can to get to know the person. And we're just looking for what would meet the expectations and the qualifications. So for State Board of Education, you know, that is a really, um, it's a really important office. And a lot of people don't realize that. And, and um, the more I learn about it myself, and I was a teacher before, right? But even as a teacher, I didn't know much about it. And a lot of teachers will tell you that. 
And yet the State Board of Education decides what is taught and how. And uh, they decide uh, all the, rec- you know, they have the last say in charter schools. Um, and so as far as which ones are approved or vetoed, and that's a huge issue. They also have a really big role in um, basically finalizing the requirements for teachers. Uh, so I know recently they decided to add a new test for teachers. And um, and that's a big requirement that's more expensive and, and more extensive. It's just a burden for teachers. And the State Board of Education signed off on that. So it's a very important role. And we just tried our best to speak to all the um, to all the candidates. It was a series of phone calls and Zoom meetings and emails and checking. And um, and that's basically how we do all of them. Right. And so, I mean, it was good. It was good to know. It was good to get to know the ones that did speak to us. Um, and we did, even though some don't speak to us, we still look the others up and just see, you know, what their platform's about, what their experience is about. And we kind of take it from there. Um, but we have some really good quality candidates, some people who have dedicated their lives to education. And I won't speak directly about any particular um, candidate here because our editorials kind of speak to themselves, you know, speak for themselves. And uh, you can read the editorials to see what we decided and why. Um, But they, you know, it was refreshing to see that these people who are running for this office care so deeply about education that they are campaigning for this office. And this is a volunteer office. They don't get paid for this. And if you go to the State Board of Education website and you go and you, you know, after a series of clicks, you'll find uh, the meetings and you'll be able to see them. They're all public and they have extensive agendas that are over, you know, like close to 200 pages long. They have a lot of meetings and it's a lot of policy and they devote their time to this. But it's also a very political, you know, it's politically divisive role as well. And um, and so it's just very important that we have quality people that are in it for the right reasons. Right. And um, education is all about the children and educating them and just doing the best by them and and by the teachers and schools. And we know how important schools are in our communities and in our state. So hopefully um, people will just pay closer attention to uh, to this office and, you know, use our recommendations as a starting point uh, to do their own research. Right. And to um, and to make their own choices for this office. You're right about the voter's guide being a good place to start because it's so clearly defined. Here's articles by reporters. And then in a different section is the endorsements themselves. Uh, Another question I had was, is there an instance where someone didn't agree to interview with the board, but they might still get the board's recommendation? Did that ever come up? I'm trying to think back to the ones that – the ones that come to mind. And we had so many. I mean, when Josh said we had a lot, we had a lot. It felt like we were working every, we pretty much were working every single day um, and into the night, including weekends. But I don't recall. I don't know, Josh, do you recall any there, specific? There were several. There were several races that we made a recommendation where the um, the candidate had not met with us, at least this cycle. Um, we had several primary recommendations. Donna Campbell, um, Chip Roy, um, I think I think those those are I think those are the two that I can think of. And in that case, um, you know, one we've met with them in the past, uh, so that that's helpful. Uh, two, we met with um, 
their opponents, all but one of their opponents. And so uh, in those instances, having gauged the caliber of their opponents, it was uh, fairly easy to recommend the incumbents, even though those are two incumbents that if you look at our editorial writing history, we, we have plenty of disagreements with. Um, but, uh, you know, at least in that, in those cases, we had have, we have met with them in the past. Um, and again, we were able to meet with almost all of their opponents. And the thought behind that is that the voter's guide is all about guiding voters, right? And I know it sounds, um, kind of like common sense, right? But I mean, like Josh says, even though we don't necessarily, we don't agree with some of them, um, with all of their policies, we also want to just choose the best possible person, if at all possible, right? To help try to guide voters because voters, they're going to vote for somebody, right? And there are a lot of, um, there are quite a few candidates that uh, would would just do more harm than good <laughs> in our state. And, um, and we don't need any, you know, any more of that. We just want um, the best possible candidates in there. And so even though we may not agree with everything, we want to try to guide voters as much as we can and at least explain where they stand. Um, one thing that really, uh, really spoke to me about this and really kind of guides me as we're doing the work of this. And this is my first, um, you know, I'm one year into this role. So this is my first, you know, big uh, primary season here. Right. And so as far as doing this many, um, this many recommendations, we had the city council ones as well before when I first started. Um but one thing that really spoke to me was when I spoke to um, the president of the local um, League of Women Voters of San Antonio, and um, and we were talking about an op-ed that she was going to write, and then later I wrote a profile about her. But she actually told me how important this is, and she thanked me and said, you know, wanted me to thank the rest of the board and said, you know, please pass my gratitude on. And we also get letters from from readers just saying thank you. You know, because not a lot of people, you know, have the have the tools, you know, have the expertise to do this or the time, right, to do this kind of um, background, to do this research, to do all of this, you know, to talk to the candidate. They don't have that opportunity. And so they feel like at least, you know, whether they they agree with this or not, at least they get some of the, the facts and, and the information. And so that's what she wanted to say is just, you know, thank you for providing this. And that's what some of our letter writers say. Thank you for the service, because at least they feel like they are more informed voters when they go to the poll. Yeah. Anytime we can have a more informed electorate, that's that's always a good thing. And you mentioned this being your first voter's guide, which uh, brings me to Brandon. Last year, we spoke right after you joined the editorial board. And you had mentioned that it had been a bit of a struggle to go from strict reporting your whole life to all of a sudden putting your opinion on things. So I wanted to know what putting together this voter's guide was uh, was like for you, Brandon. Yeah. So, um, gosh, I, I think it was an, an immersion in, in civics and uh, learned a lot about uh, local, regional and state and federal politics over the last few weeks. Um, just really intriguing. Uh, and I, I think... Uh, maybe a, a testimony to the times. Uh, I just 
I came into this thinking that that all the candidates would want to speak with us regardless. Um, and and as it turns out, there's there's quite a few candidates, uh, mostly from the Republican Party, that that aren't interested in speaking with mainstream media. And and I think that 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 just has to do with the 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 rhetoric of of what's going on in in the world today. Yeah, I'll, I'll just piggyback on that, uh, Luis. You had mentioned. Uh, I just want. It's not actually germane to the recommendation, but you had mentioned uh, maybe some trepidation from Brandon joining the board and finding his voice. And I can say that Brandon's very much found his voice and has been um, writing outstanding columns week after week. So I, for one, uh, see someone who found his voice, and I'm glad you're here. Oh yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more. I remember there was a specific piece that I remember. It was the, the ghosts of the past, uh, column that he wrote. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. That one, that one gave me chills. It was such good writing. So I I completely agree with you, Josh. It was an incredible column. Uh, and he said many. And I think this is a pretty good place to end it. I just really wanted to highlight the scope of y'all's work. You know, I, Carrie couldn't join us today, but, uh, I work with him on Puro Politics And he's been missing for the past few weeks because he's been working on this voter's guide nonstop. And I just like I said, I just really wanted to highlight the scope of the work. And uh, I recommend everyone go go check it out. Like I said, it's going to be in this episode's description. Thank you again, Nancy, Josh, Brandon. Really appreciate you guys coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Thanks.